You're listening to the Summer Camp Music Festival Podcast with your host, Camp Counselor Derek. Ahoy, campers! Well, the Phase 2 announcement was just made, and we have some great additions to the lineup. Let me tell you, I'm excited about the camp debut of Ben Harper and the Innocent Criminals. Now, when the whole festival scene was starting back in the early 2000s, there, were, there was summer camp in Bonnaroo, and Ben Harper has always been a big part of those early Bonnaroos, and it seems to me significant to add him to the long line of jam legends to play at camp. Uh, we have official announcements of the return of some of my former podcast guests, including Yonder Mountain String Band, the Everyone Orchestra, Family Groove Company, and Chicago Farmer, and of course, Jeff Austin let out of the bag in the last podcast that 30DB would be returning. Uh, that's him and Brendan Bayless of Humphreys McGee. Uh, I gotta tell you people, I saw Jeff Austin band last night in Chicago. Hot stuff. He, he mentioned in the podcast that he had a new young guitarist named Julian. Make sure you check this dude out. He's a badass and very, a very young badass. I, I feel like we might see more of this in the future too, considering how readily available the internet has made learning guitar. Um, so that's exciting. So make sure y'all check out Jeff Austin Band, and if you missed the interview on the last podcast, go back and check that out. Uh, hey, also, I managed to catch Sun Stereo in Chicago last weekend, and Kelly and the gang sound great, even with a bum limb and a ringer on the sax due to a band illness. Uh, looking forward to them, as always. But there were plenty of others added this week. O'Teal Burbridge and friends, and condolences to him on the loss of his brother Kofi who was the keyboardist for Tedeschi Trucks Band. Um, people are excited to see Iodo return, and I read that it's likely that some babies will be made as Chromio joins camp. Uh, horseshoes and Hand Grenades, Break Science, Talk, Munion are all on the list to return, and there are so many more. Hey, how's it going, man? Uh, I don't know. Four different bands said we've been a great crowd, so you tell me. Yeah, I've had a pretty good day, too. People keep passing out and barfing, and that barf is, like, free to take. Awesome. So, people, if you are interested in volunteering at camp, let me tell you that the organization that used to be the street team has now been rebranded as the Summer Camp Ambassadors Program. Ambassadors are enthusiastic summer camp fans who want to spread the word about the festivals. They can pass out handbills at shows, hang posters around town, and get other, others involved in uh, all things summer camp. Uh, they're also doing something new called the Scamp Fam, where you earn points. Uh, prizes range from a birthday mention on social media, from the festival, to a GA pass, to, and, and this is the best one in my old rickety-boned opinion, uh, a golf cart ride in with all of your gear. That is a priceless prize option, in my opinion. I'll tell you, b before I was a counselor, for a number of years, I had a friend who worked for one of the former stage companies and used to cart me in, and I will never forget that favor every year. Uh, so if by chance you listen to this, uh, thanks, Chris. So hey, one more thing, y'all. Uh, ticket prices will most likely go up soon. Once the current price allotment is sold out, the prices will increase. So if the round two announcement sealed the deal for you, or, or even if you're on the fence, really, there's no better time to get your tickets before that price increase. And as always, if you have any questions, suggestions, comments, congratulations, condolences, nude selfies, haikus, or requests, you can email me at podcast at summercampfestival.com. Fuck you. Fuck you for thinking that this world needs another podcast, and that people you know should listen to it. It's a bad idea, 
and a waste of time. It's not a bad idea. It's, it's a good creative outlet. A creative outlet. Is that what you call an hour and a half of unedited bad audio from your living room? Yeah, why not? My guest today is Corey Wong. He is a force behind the popular band Wolfpack, a member of the spin-off Fearless Flyers. And both of those bands will be playing an already nearly sold-out show at Madison Square Garden coming up in September. Uh, Corey has been touring sold-out shows with his band in Europe recently, and before that I managed to catch him in Chicago, and he will be making his camp debut this year. Here's Corey. Stick around for the Jam of the Week. campers i am here with Corey wong how are you today Corey? what's up everybody i am stoked to be here and even more stoked come because summer camp fast <laughs> um such a, such a positive i've heard attitude. great things i've never been i don't even know where this place is i know it's in illinois somewhere i've heard it's amazing everybody that i've told that i'm coming is like dude you're gonna have the best time it's gonna be amazing i don't really know oh. what to expect I'm just stoked because everybody else is so stoked about it. Awesome. Well, well, the first lesson for you is how to say the name of the town. The name of the town is called Chillicothe. Chillicothe, you... dude. That's me every morning, man. I'm chill, Chillicothe, and then then I'm ready for the day. So I'm I'm gonna be right at home. <laughs> All right. Well, I've got I've got plenty to ask you, and we will get we will circle back to the festival. But um, the first question that I ask every guest on the podcast is. What was your first concert? And I, I know a lot of people are grow up around music, and it's hard to pinpoint. But uh, I guess my question is, what was the first big concert that had an impact on you? Or it doesn't even have to be a big concert; just the first one that had a big impact. Um. Wow. First concert that had big impact. The well, uh, it wasn't one of the first concerts that I ever went to, but it was the concert that I went to that was the most formative live music experience that I've ever had was seeing Bela Fleck and the Flecktones at the Minnesota Zoo. Uh, I was like, I was 20 years old. So it clearly wasn't my first concert, but it was the first concert that I went to where it made me realize, whoa, there is something really special here. And it is so much different than any other kind of music I've ever heard. And the crowd is so eclectic just as eclectic as the music we're listening to. And this is what these guys do. Like this is their job and this is their art that they get to express. And that's their, it's what they do for a living. Um, the concert blew me away musically, but also just from a life standpoint, it gave me a lot of encouragement to basically push me over the edge, take a leap of faith and like become a musician as my thing. And like kind of just decide like I can do it. Um, so that's the concert that sticks out the most to me. And since we're at the zoo, we got to do the hippo thing again. Oh, wow. See if I can remember this. We haven't done this in like a long time. Gentlemen, you can be the male hippos. Here's your part. Ooh. Ooh. Okay, ladies, stop laughing. It's your turn. The female hippos, here's your part. Ah. 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 Ah.
Tatunga. one there that stands out but it's the cumulative of probably you know at one point I was from the time I was 18 to 22 I was probably at the artist quarter two to three times a week watching groups play and I just I learned a lot a lot about improvised music a lot about um, just the live music game in general and uh, yeah it was it's there's been a lot of formative ones, but those are the two kind of early ones that really stick out. Awesome. Bela Fleck at the zoo. I believe I'm on that zoo's email list and I can't seem to get off of it. Um, my brother, my brother lives up in Prior Lake and, uh, oh, okay. for Christmas a couple of years, a couple of years in a row, I got him a season pass to that. But nice. I had, I had no idea that they had such awesome musicians there. Bela Fleck, one of those guys, um, and, and actually, this is another thing to talk about, uh, because you just pr- played recently with, uh, semi-recently with Chris uh, Thiele, um, yeah. and, and, and those guys kind of remind me of each other. They're on the on the fringe of bluegrass and jazz, but just masters of their craft. Insane masters, by the highest level. I was eventually going to get there, but the, uh, the, the Dean Town with... Uh, with Chris Bailey, did I mean did did you know immediately after that that how I mean were you feeling through that whole thing how amazing it was because I watch it and I just I, I laugh it makes me smile it's, it's awesome. The funny thing is, after that performance, we were like, man, that was fun, but it wasn't nearly as good as rehearsal. Oh really? <laughs> it sounds so weird to say, but it's like it's it's such a classic story where it's like oh man don't don't let it out of rehearsal you gotta save it for the gig save it for the gig you know there's like there's certain things that you need to rehearse and rehearse and rehearse you're not going to go out and do a broadway show and like yeah we kind of got it save it for the show like no that's not going to happen or like a really really well crafted like pop show you're not just going to like yeah we'll figure it out we'll see if the uh if the pyrotechnics work on the gig or it's like yeah we'll see if the uh the thing that launches you up from, from the catwalk works on the gig. Like, no, you work that stuff out ahead of time. But there are certain things that you just have to wait for the gig to do. And when we were at rehearsal, 
every one of us knew it was one of those moments where it was like, we first started, we, we didn't tell Chris that we were going to play that too. Like he, before rehearse, like we planned on just rehearsing. We didn't know if Chris was going to play with us or not. Yeah. He gets done practicing something else, uh, somewhere else in the room. We're sound checking and rehearsing the day before the gig. And Chris walks in the room and we're kind of jamming Teen Town. Excuse me, Dean Town. Wow. Um, you say Teen Town? <laughs> well, Teen Town is a weather report song. Anyways. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I've been watching the R. Kelly documentary. Oh, ha, ha. oh man. I have not seen that, but I've heard awful things. <laughs> it's not, yeah. nothing to do with that. No, 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 not. Uh, anyway, moving Dean on. Town. Yeah, we were uh, we were rehearsing Dean Town. Chris walks in and is just like, oh, cool, yeah, like I love that tune. That's so great. He grabs he quick. Well, actually, first he grabs his fiddle, starts like kind of like playing along in the fiddle. Then he sets it down and he grabs his mandolin and he walks over. He's like looking at the sound guy, like, hey, put up my mic, put up my mic, and. Uh, he comes over, we kind of stop, and he's like, oh, hey, what's up? I said, oh, no, no, don't stop, let's, let's play that. We're like, all right, we'll do it from the top. You want to play with us tomorrow? He's like, yeah, sure. So we start playing it, and it's one of those things where about 30 seconds in, kind of all of us, like, had that look like, oh, my gosh, this is the most insane thing ever. And everybody knew in the end, like, we all kind of had that thing where it's like, man, don't, don't don't blow it now. Like save it for the gig. Save it for the gig, dude. It was such a special moment for every every one of us and everyone in the room. It was like as soon as that started, literally everybody in the room just like huddled around Joe and and Chris and I and and the other guys in the band were like clapping along and Woody was playing a little bit on the keys. Um, unfortunately, on the gig. The Whirly had this, the Whirly got messed up, and Woody kind of had to lay out, which sucked. But um, at the, uh, it was like making some just horrendous noise anytime he played more than just a feather's touch. Um, uh. And it's fine, whatever, those things happen. At rehearsal, though, we were playing, the room, everybody in the room just kind of like huddled around it with this really special, like, very magical musical moment where it's like, wow, this is happening right now, and it might be the only time it ever happens, but it is very special. And it just felt like, no, you know what, let's just keep going. Like, let's just play. It, it is such a special moment. It was the most insane. Ever. All of us are just like, oh, oh, you know, we're freaking out as we're playing, too, you know, and I, for me, it's like Chris is one of my heroes, and he's yeah. He's a genius. He's possibly the greatest musician. I would, if I just had, if somebody was like, gun to my head, who's the greatest musician on the planet right now? He would be the first person that I'd say. Um, um, he's just, he's a genius. Anyways. Yeah, I, I mean, it's not to put too much pressure on him. <laughs> well, <laughs> but I mean, it he's was doing like, so much. He's doing oh, so yeah. many different things. I can't, I can't imagine what his, what, what a, every, any given day is like for him. Yeah, it's insane. But then when we get on the gig, what ends up happening naturally is the crowd starts clapping along. And the crowd, if you watch the video from front to back, from the actual one, it, uh, the crowd probably slows down 20 clicks yeah. from, the, from the beginning. to the, like We can't force the crowd to stay on top or stay on the grid. You know, it's <laughs> yeah. like, you got to just kind of go with where the backbeat is. 
And then when we start, you know, and then it's just like this snowball effect where it just kind of slows down. By the end of the, it, I was laughing by the end of the, the head. The, the last, the head out was just like, oh my gosh, it was like almost unlistenable where we slowed down so much. But in the moment, it was funny because, you know, you can't control that sort of thing. And you don't want to like tell the public, don't clap along yeah. and have fun. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it was, it was amazing. Jack fed up the recording and reposted the video, and it, it felt amazing. But oh, is that um, the black and the black and white version? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's also funny because Chris, his like when he performs, he kind of he, he just like he looks like a silent film actor or something. Yeah. When it's fed up, it's funny. So much fun to watch. Yeah. Anyways, that was a tangent of a story, but uh, fun to talk about. Yeah. Oh man, that's that's the purpose of this podcast is for tangents and stories. Yeah. Otherwise, right. otherwise we just write it all down. Yeah. Um, well, that's awesome. Um, we, well, we've already jumped way ahead. I I, I guess I wanted to go back to uh, you grew up in in Minnesota, and um, did you? Uh, how did? Well, a couple questions. Uh, I've heard you did a lot of studio stuff, and yeah. um, I'm curious, like about how long you did that and then uh, how did that um, how did you end up meeting the guys from Wolfpack who I know are from all over the place the, the closest one I could figure out would be uh, Woody I think to you who grew up in Skokie Illinois which is not too far from where I am right now yeah so but, I'm the only person I'm the only part of the band that didn't go to Michigan um, that being said I have been a session guitar player for I guess over a decade now. I played on just tons of records for random people, everybody from from jam scene things and producing in that world to uh, playing on a Blake Shelton record, which nobody would uh, know that it's me when they hear it, but fine, it's great. I've played with a lot of uh, like contemporary Christian acts. I did a lot of touring in the CCM, that's contemporary Christian music, CCM music. I did a lot of CCM stuff for a while out of Nashville and then played with uh, some different pop artists. And then also like 
got to play a bunch of fun random gigs with people like Gene Simmons. I was I played guitar in his band, um, and a bunch of other random fun things. Did you or did like, you play any of like the mega churches? I have done some of that stuff. Yeah, yep. And um, some of them being really great experiences, some being not great experiences. But <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Not this doesn't need to take a religious twist, but the the problem with churches and the good thing about churches is that they're run by people, uh, and people are flawed. So sometimes those churches, it, it there's a lot of complicated dynamics that go into it. I've had really yeah. great experiences with that, and my my CCM experiences were all really great. I loved it, and uh, I'm I'm very happy that I've been a part of that scene, uh, and still you know continue to do that sort of stuff. Um, but did a lot of that, was touring in that world a little bit, doing a lot of sessions in that world and in Nashville, producing records. That's where a lot of my pop background comes from. But then there's also like going to the artist quarter jazz club three nights a week, all the improvisational music, the, you know, cutting my teeth on that and fusion music, that sort of thing. So I have these two worlds that I come from and it's fun to collide them together with a band like Wolfpack or Fearless Flyers or my own project. Um, but then when it, I, I was still doing a lot of that, I met the guys from Wolfpack. Basically, they were coming through town and saw me playing with, with one of the bands that I was playing with. We became friends after that, started hanging out more, then started playing a little bit of music together. But it was a very natural transition from just like being friends to like, oh, yeah, now we're playing some together. And then Jack was like, yeah, play on this record and play on this record and and then play all the most, live shows, and then it's just like it's all of a sudden just morphed into this thing where it's like, all right, uh, the amoeba has absorbed, and I've been, you know, strange, you know. Well, that's if, if you look on if you look on Wikipedia, like it, it's 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 unclear whether you're in Wolfpack or not. <laughs> sure, and I think that's maybe that's that's maybe one of the fun things about it. <laughs> I don't think anybody knows who's in the band. Volpec started in 2011. When did when did you start playing with them? Was that um, around that time? I think time? I met the guys in 2013. Okay. And started regularly playing in the band. 15. 16. 15. Uh, yeah, 15. I don't remember. It's been a whirlwind of a few years. In a I'll, good way. I'll, I'll bet. And, and actually, that was one of my questions because I, um, so there's a video, and I, I don't think you were there, but there's a video of, of Wolfpack playing the Beat Kitchen, which is a couple blocks from my house in, in Chicago. And it's a venue I've played as a, uh, being in a, in a kid's band. And, you know, I, when I first heard of Wolfpack, I, I looked up Wolfpack, and I'm like, oh, Wolfpack at the Beat Kitchen. That's crazy. And it was, it was six months before I was doing the search. And the time I was doing the search was right around the time you guys were, opening for fish and ween at the, uh, the, uh, Bucken festival. <laughs> and I'm thinking what a ride from the beat kitchen to that stage within six, six months to a year. Has, has yeah. Been... And, and kick it up a couple years and we're freaking headlining Madison square garden this year, which is insane. Which was, which was my next, <laughs> it was on my next question too. Yeah. Uh, you're pretty stoked about MSG? It's the most insane. I, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. I, yes, 
we are very excited. And even more excited where it's like, whoa, dude, it's almost sold out right now. It's insane. Like, right. a lot of people are like, dude, what are you doing? Like, are you playing the, the theater at the garden? It's like, no, we're playing the, we're playing the main room, <laughs> you know? It's like, oh, that's a little ambitious. And it's like, yeah, it is. But, uh, <laughs> you know, Jack had a vision for it, and uh, it's amazing. It's, it's incredible. And for me, it is this most uh, – what it kind of feels like – I don't know what it feels like for the other guys. I mean, Jack and I talk about it pretty regularly and just to make sure we're, we're our heads are in the right place because I have to do – I'm, I'm, I got a double, I'm competing in two, two events that day, uh, fearless flyers and Bullpet. So, it, and it, it definitely feels like, all right, we made it to the Olympics, but I got to compete in two events, you know, in the same day, you know, I, I feel like I'm doing the, the slalom and the half fight, you know, <laughs> like back to back. And it's amazing. It's so much fun. Like, I can't, I can't believe it. it it's going to be great. But, um, there is something about it that's also, you know, it's scary, but oh, in, an, in, an, in an exhilarating way. Like, I don't yeah. get, I don't know. I normally don't get nervous for gigs, but this is like, I, I don't know that it's set in yet that we're doing it. Uh, but we'll just do it, hit it, and it'll be great. It's, it's a concert, just like all the other concerts that we do. And it just happens to be a much bigger scale, <laughs> more on the line, in front of a lot more people. Fine, yeah. whatever. It's it's always been that. It's always been more people and more on the line as the band has grown. Like you're talking about, like going from Beat Kitchen to Lockin to, you know, all, all these different festivals we've been able to do. It's been a blast, and I I love it. It's great. Did you were you, were you ever a festival guy? Did you ever go to like Ten Thousand Lakes or anything like that? Uh, just the local like festivals that were around the Twin Cities, and I went to a couple different things but I wasn't I I, that's, I didn't grow up in that scene that scene is different to me like the first yeah. real full-on festival experience well no it's a lie I didn't even have the full-on Halloween experience but like I was not like a go to festivals guy I've been to a bunch of amphitheater shows and had some of that experience you know like hang out in the parking lot all day and, and do that and then like you know whatever but I didn't do like the setup campsite and stay for three days that's i just didn't have that experience like none of my friends were doing that and um i I don't know it just it it maybe seemed a little foreign to me since like starting to do this much bigger now and playing at more music festivals i've been able to experience some of these music festivals and wow they are fun i had such a blast (laughs) at halloween this last year it was the first like real festival experience i had because I played a Corey Wong set on Thursday and a Wolfpack set on Saturday. So I got to hang out, you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And um, Jameer Koi was also playing Saturday after us. So got to hang out with, you know, I have some friends that are in the band, hang with those guys for the weekend. They're like, whoa, man, these festivals are crazy. You know, like they were flying, <laughs> flying in like jet lag, but like hanging with them there was funny too because – they were all, I mean, they've done a bunch of different festivals, but this was a unique experience. And it was fun for me to like, Antoine and I were walking around just like, oh my gosh, like there are so many people here and there are so many campsites. This is insane. But it looks yeah. like so much fun.
Kevin G on the keys, Steve Gould on cymbals and drums, Ryan Butler on the bass. My name is Corey Wong. Yeah, so it's great. I love, I love the festival thing. I didn't grow up doing it, but it's great. It's cool. I love that it exists, and I love that people can gather and have a good time. And what I tend to worry about, though, is like, is everybody being responsible out here? Can we yeah. make sure that we're all, are, are we all being good? Let's, let's keep it safe. You know, like I got that, I've got the dad instinct in me. That's like, <laughs> all right, guys, let's, let's have some fun, but let's not get too carried away. Like let's not do it at other people's expense. And yeah. I sometimes get worried with the crowd dynamic like that. Like, you know, I don't want it to end up, I, I don't want to be at a festival that ends up turning into fire fest. You know, <laughs> I don't want it to become like Lord of the flies or whatever. And uh, Firefest won't be it won't be like Firefest as long as you show up to play. <laughs> we yeah. weren't promised we weren't promised uh private jets and uh personal tents. We uh <laughs> we lug our own shit in. Yeah. For me I've gotten to kind of see all of it evolve. So this will be the nineteenth summer camp. It'll it'll be my nineteenth and the nineteenth of the festival. But you know, summer camp started before Bonnaroo and um, before the only the only festivals that were really around, I mean, besides the the one off festivals before that, were the the smaller bluegrass ones and um, or or folk music festivals. But like this whole, you know, aside from Woodstock and the disaster that was Woodstock '99 and um, yeah, a couple things like that, that there wasn't it, it wasn't happening when I was growing up. So. Um, you know, it's it's it all the festival whole scene kind of started right in the you know about ninety nine two thousand two thousand one, um, and so I, I've seen it go from, and in this festival in particular, go from you know people sitting around at night playing guitar, uh, and and singing and you know having campfires to like if if I pull if I pull out a guitar at summer camp now, it it wouldn't go over well like in the woods. Um, I think partially that's an age thing, and partially it's just that there's music going on 24 hours a day now. So there's not yeah. that lull. There's not that lull at night when everybody's just camping. Yeah, but. and actually, you know, uh, I think it's cool in some respect. Where it's like, whoa, there's music all day. But I don't know. I've I've had this conversation with other people where it's like, man, I, I don't. That's the part where where I I consider myself not getting the full on festival experience because what I did at night every other festival that I've done I have gone to a hotel because it's just too much loud noise non-stop and uh, well there was a time where it wasn't like that (laughs) yes and oddly enough I well screw it I'm just going to say it we I don't know how this is going to come across but speaking of playing before Fish or Trey, when we played Red Rocks opening for Trey, um, we had this amazing family dinner uh, the night before. And Trey was basically just talking about kind of like the evolution of the modern day music festival in general. And he was saying how when they threw their festivals, they, you know, built in time for there to be nothing happening. Downtime, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. it's like downtime and quieter time. And I was thinking to myself, I don't know the last festival that I've been to where they've had that. That sounds amazing. And yeah. 
And, and that was, he was just like, yeah, you just don't get that anymore. And, you know, whether it sounds like Uncle Trey complaining about festivals or not, it was something where it's like, yeah, I actually really connect with that because. Yeah, I 100% I, agree. Yeah, I, I, I understand for the consumer to see a thousand bands on the on the poster, like, oh, my gosh, I can see everybody from, like, whatever to whoever, yeah, whatever. Yeah, like, anybody from Major Lazer to Red Hot Chili Peppers to Emily King to Fitch to Wolfpack to whatever, you know, and that's awesome. But, yeah, it's nice to have some built-in quiet time, like, yeah, where it's just kind of, Everybody can relax. Let's kind of reset. Um, and I, I, I get it from the promoter angle, and I get it from the consumer angle, why it's fun to not have downtime or why it's, like, beneficial to just have a lot of stuff going, keep everybody active and blah, 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 whatever. Um, but for me, maybe it's because, you know, now that I'm over 30, I want that downtime. Maybe I didn't want that downtime four years ago. I don't know. Or, you know, three years ago. Yeah. I mean, I had it when I was younger and now that I'm older, I'm, I'm, I'm over 40 now. Now that I'm older, I, I miss it. <laughs> um, but I, I think the other, the other thing from, from the fan side of it is that there's this, at least for me, there's this compulsion to like have to see everything. And, sure. and now I'm at an age where I can't, I physically can't, I can't do yeah. what I used to do. Um, so that can be a little frustrating, but yeah, so I kind of, I kind of wish there was built in downtime where I didn't have to worry about missing something, but that's just something I've had to get over over the years. I'm always going to be missing something. I think you're right. Yeah. That's, that's the part that's tough is when you feel like you're missing out on other stuff because there's so much stuff going on. Like even when I was, I keep referencing Halloween because it's just the last festival that I was, the last big festival that I was at, Mm -hmm. um, it's like, I need to just relax. But when S.C. Martin and Wood starts in 30 minutes, like, all right, got to see him. You know, it's like, yep. oh, shoot. Benny said the lettuce is playing right afterwards, so I got to go over there. You know, it's like, oh, why couldn't you guys have just put, like, an hour in between so I could have had, like, lunch and chilled for a minute, you know. But uh, at the same time, it was a blast. It was like, whoa, I'm seeing MMW. Whoa, I'm, I'm hanging out and seeing lettuce well, I'm going over in this, and it's like, all right, I need a break, and now, I, now I'm now i going to be late to this other set that I want to see. But yeah. I don't know. Whatever. It sounds like I'm complaining about festivals. I don't need nah. to be uh, whiny about festivals. They're a blast. They're amazing, and I love being a part of them. Well, I mean, if you if you uh, get on the Internet, you, you would not be in a minority cl- complaining about festivals. Ah. Everyone that cl- claims they love the festival loves to get on, on Facebook and bitch Got about it. the festival. See, I actually uh, never look at that kind of stuff. I, and and oddly enough, Reddit, I just have not been on Reddit. I just it's one of those things. Where it's like, ah, I, I know that people are talking on there. Um, I just don't go on it. And I know I, I haven't been on like festivals pages, so I don't pay attention to. I'll only pay attention if one of my friends is like, "Hey, check out this link. Somebody's talking crap about you again." Ha <laughs> ha. We're like, oh, okay, thanks, bro. <laughs> you know, we're like, yeah. Or sometimes the opposite, where it's like, hey, man, the Internet's chatting about your set at this festival. They said it was the best one all weekend. Like, congrats. Like, oh, cool. That's fun to hear. Yeah, read the good stuff and let the rest of it go. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, awesome. Well, generally, I, I finish up talking about festivals, um, and I know we're getting close to the end of our time. Um, the only thing that I didn't, from my uh, small list of, of notes that I that I did want to talk to you about, is uh, Dave Cos, because, man, 1993, Lucky Man was an album of his that, that came out, and I uh, hadn't haven't touched it in years, and I, I went back to listen to it again. Uh, and uh, it's so late 80s, early 90s. Um, but I, 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 it was interesting to see you playing with him and uh, trying to make smooth jazz cool again. I, I, I found it interesting, something that you said in an interview that stuck with me is um, how different uh, like smooth jazz can be listening to it from a recording like like you would do as as you've often said in, in an orthodontist's office. Uh, <laughs> or yeah. uh, but but then when, when you're there it's it's a completely different experience. Um, it, is, it is a one eighty turn. When I'm when I'm freaking at my orthodontist's office and he's, you know, trying to give me my next tray of Invisalign which, by the way, I'm done with my Invisalign now. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I oh. finished them up. My teeth I don't are know as straight have, as they wanted them to be. I don't know if you have a significant other, but my wife is using Invisalign right now. And, yeah. man, when she clicks that thing against her teeth, it just, it just shoots up my spine. Just like. <laughs> it's a very specific sound, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oddly enough, uh, yeah, yeah. My My wife's been fine. She was fine with it. But, um, yeah, we should have done Invisalign at the same time, but now I think, like, after I did it, I was the test rabbit. Now she's like, oh, I think I'll do it. Why don't you just do it at the same time as me? Anyways. Um, <laughs> then you get them mixed up. Yeah, yeah totally. Um, the the Dave cause you hear at your orthodontist office or going from the sixth level to the 34th level of your of your local skyscraper that is a different Dave Cause than you see live. That is a different David Sanborn or Gerald Albright or whoever these, you know, whatever, insert smooth jazz artists here. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, is a dirty word. Dave is hilarious. That's, I love, Dave has become a good friend and he's awesome. He's very self-aware, but he's like, Corey, I need you to stop calling me a smooth jazz guy. I've been trying to... <laughs> He's like, I've been trying to get rid of the name Smooth Jazz associated with my name for the last 20 years, and you just keep spouting it off to all these millennials. <laughs> He's like, I will not say that word in public, and I I would appreciate it if you didn't either. <laughs> but he's, like, laughing at the same time. I'm like, no, Dave, just embrace it. Just embrace it. And he's like, all right, I'll trust you on this one. But <laughs> anyways, I just like, like the idea of making Smooth Jazz cool again. <laughs> like that, That's just a, it's just a fun thing to say. Yeah, it is fun, isn't it? But if you go to a smooth jazz gig, like if you if you see Cos live, his band is slamming. It but. it's no different than like a Maceo Parker. I mean, it it feels like a Maceo Parker gig or an instrumental Prince gig or like you know, it's just like really yeah, re- like a Shaka Khan instrumental gig. I was you a know, huge Maynard Ferguson fan growing up, and I got yeah. to see him a bunch. And Sick. yeah, I mean. J- Awesome jazz players are awesome jazz players. Like yeah. it doesn't it doesn't matter how the recording comes out because some of Maynard's stuff 
came out totally. pretty. I mean, I mean and, and that goes straight to uh, Ray Charles. I mean, I had a Ray Charles album in in the '90s that's you know mostly synth and like it 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 doesn't hold up. But live, those songs were great. Yeah, listen to some of those old Clapton records, and they just like oh, totally, it's awful. Yeah, but or over um, it, not awful production, but overproduced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well. Uh, yeah, or or awful. <laughs> <laughs> it's all it's all very subjective, of course. Uh, but the thing is, like that stuff is dope when you see it live. And I saw some groups playing that stuff live, and I was like, man, people are hating, and I get it, I get it. But mm-hmm. there's no doubt about it. If you can get over the mountain in your in your head of the the dirty word that is food jazz, you see these cats live. It's it's not much different than going to see any of the other groups that are that are playing funk music at these festivals that we're doing. Yeah, you know. So it's uh, it's fun to yeah, it's fun to it's fun to just like kind of kind of have the megaphone and say like, look, guys, cause is dope. Let me just show you. Listen to him play. You might be sitting in your orthodontist's office. With your retainers, getting your new retainers with your Invisalign, thinking to yourself, whatever's playing over these speakers is pretty dope music. I want to get into the scene, all right? And you might ask yourself all three of those questions and respond with, who is that guy? And you may think to yourself, and there may be people who will come at you and say, hey, bro, your dreams are no good. Dave Cause is never going to return your text messages. But I am here to tell you that we have brought the Sultan of Smooth, the Stamos of Sax, the Sommier of Soundwaves, the Schwarzenegger of Syncopation, this Ami Sosa of Sight Reading, Sand Steroids, to join you on a live stream on a Wednesday afternoon. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the internet, Dave Cause. Great to see. I mean, he. I I, I uh, grew up playing alto sax, and so you, you just you had to know Dave Cos if you played the yeah. alto sax in the in the oh, early nineties. Um, but yeah, it's 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 a blast to see him play with you, and uh, and, and and I mean, he he's always played all kinds of music. Um, 
I think, like you said, he's he's just been dubbed as one of those <laughs> smooth jazz guys. But, well, yeah. Um, thanks, thanks so much. I uh, I see we're right at our at our mark, and I, w- I won't let you get on with your day. I know you're a busy guy. Uh, and oh, and you have a you have your a European tour coming up, right? Yes, I am for going that to Ireland next week, and the week after the UK. It's going to be insane. And oddly enough, I have so much. So the fun thing about it is the whole tour is sold out. So it's 11 shows. It's the biggest rooms that I've played in these countries. And I feel so fortunate and lucky to do it. But oddly enough, there's so much less pressure now that it's like, all right, people want to come. It's going to be all right. You know, it's like if a room is full, they're already kind of on your side. If a room is half full, it's like I still feel like I need to win them over. You know, yeah. and of course I have to win over every crowd that I play for, and I'm going to give it my all every time. But it's uh, it's fun when the energy is is high and there's you know a full room of people. Right on. Well, uh, good luck with the European tour, and uh, not too long after that, we will see you at the big festival at summer camp in yes, Chillicothe, Coffee, Illinois. That's your homework is to uh, learn about Chillicothe. <laughs> Chillicothe, I like it. <laughs> Just north of Peoria. All right, I'm probably gonna drive, right? I would drive from Minneapolis. I wouldn't fly, right? Um, it depends. There is a small airport in Peoria. Um, I mean, I don't know what you would do. I would drive. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's probably. Uh, let me see what it is. Minneapolis, Minneapolis to Chillicothe drive time. Well, there is a Chillicothe in. Ohio and in Missouri to wow. give you a heads up. All right. I know that I'm going to the one in Illinois. Six hours and 33 minutes. I, I, oh, man. Drive. I was just going to guess six hours. I was going to say, I think it's probably about six hours. I'll probably drive. Otherwise, fly to Chicago, rent a car and drive. I don't know. No, I'll just drive. It's fine. Well, you can always get on the, uh, the summer camp uh, buses that go down from... <laughs> from Chicago. They have a new, I wish I could remember the name of it right now because I could plug it, but they have a, I think it's called Festibus. And, uh, Festibus? Dude, I'm down with that. Travel down with all the fans. <laughs> I'm down with that. All right, man. Well, thanks for taking the time to uh, to talk to us uh, uh, about your career and the and festivals, and uh, we look forward to seeing you at camp, my friend. It's going to be fun. I'll see you there. All right, buddy. Have a good right, one. Peace. All right, thanks again to Corey for taking time out of his very busy schedule to talk to me. 
Uh, there were so many good clips I would have liked to have included in this podcast. Part of the fun of doing this is really throwing myself down rabbit holes on the internet and learning more about an artist than I normally would from just attending a show. And uh, lately I can't get enough of the song Juke on Jelly. I, I didn't want to cram it in here awkwardly, so I'll just suggest that you give that one the old YouTube search. Uh, Corey Wong, Juke on Jelly. Okay, on to the jam of the week. My selection from Summer Camp's past today is from the band Lettuce. When I make these selections, I try to pick something that might be of interest to the listeners tuning in just for that specific guest. Well, I know Corey Wong had one of the members of Lettuce sit in at Huluween, and uh, while not on the lineup as of yet this year, I think this is a good adjacent-sounding band. So here is Lettuce with their set closer from the Sunshine stage in 2016. Here's their song, Sounds Like a Party. I'll be back in a couple weeks with another episode. A spooky one. Be good, y'all.